Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm, you know, getting through this heat wave like everybody else by staying inside and keeping the old AC on. Although that's not necessarily the best thing to do from what I've been reading. And I say that because apparently we in this country have become a whole bunch of wusses in the sense that, you know, and, I, and you couldn't remember this. I do very clearly. As a child growing up in West Granton, um, these heat waves and 90-degree days, we would take our sandwiches and lemonade and go out and sit under a tree and dealt with the fact that that's how it was. There was no air conditioning. But yeah. we have now become so accustomed to it, you know, we, can't, we just can't do anything without it. And I'm not saying that's for people who need it, you know, for issues, medical issues where they have to. But I'm just saying that the rest of us have just become, uh, I don't know what you call it, um, fat and happy, is that the term? That you know, we just need to be inside of an air-conditioned place. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, Lynn. I think climate change has made it worse. Um, although oh, it winters, has. well, yeah, clearly. I mean, look at what the winters were like when we were kids, and yes. what they're not like now. I mean, it was hot, but w- w- my sister and I had our room um, in the attic, and rooms oh. remodeled, and no, we had an air conditioner installed oh, into, okay. like right into the, the into the side of you know it was right and built into the remodeling and so we had to have that we could not sleep without it because it was just so hot up there um mm-hmm. and that was the only place we had air for the longest 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 time it just you know it we just did and it. your brothers were i don't jealous? remember no they no i mean they may have been but they never said anything to us um okay yeah, no, we, and, you know, when you think about it, even my grandmother and my uncle lived to be very, very in their 90s, 
and they lived mm-hmm. with my mom. And Meyer would go and put their air conditioners in, and they wouldn't even want them to. They'd be like, no, Meyer, we don't need them. They just didn't need them. And I, I don't know uh, how women, especially during menopause or after menopause, <laughs> I don't know how yes. they could stand to not have air conditioning with, with being so warm and it, it, it's just, I don't know. I, my father hated air and I, I'm not, I never was a big fan of it, but now I, I, and I will do to, well, I'll go kicking and screaming to turn on that air conditioning because I don't like it. I like to hear outside. I like to have the doors and the windows and the screen doors shut and, and, you know, everything, everything out so I can, you know, feel the outside. But when it's like this, I, I, I've, but you know what I've been doing the last couple of nights, which I said, I know it's probably not the best thing, but I turn mine off at night. Okay. I turn it off at night. Um, it's a good eight to 10 hours. I have it off by the, you know, mm-hmm. I do it before I, when I come in about nine, nine thirty, I'll turn it off and, and then, um, let it off till the morning and then I turn it back back on only because if it's not going to be that hot at night I don't mind I can sleep with the fan on and I can I open the window in my bedroom and I can hear the the outside I just yeah I like that (laughs) it's the way I like to sleep but um but getting ready and drying your hair and putting makeup and getting it's just yeah it's most people know that air is just, I mean, we're creatures of um, um, comfort now. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't I mean this to in any way minimize uh, the impact of this heat wave of over 100 degrees in the, to the people who live in the south and the west uh, where it's just stifling. I mean, they can't breathe. It's that simple. Um, And I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the people who kick it on at 75 when it's 75 outside, you know. Okay, I get it. But there may be medical reasons why people have to do it. But I just think that we've become so accustomed to it. Um, I like the idea that when I get into my car that I set the temperature and then the car figures out whether you need air heat or just the fan until it gets to the temperature that you want. And I know that's the case in the house too, but it doesn't, you have to actually turn on the air or turn on the heat in order for it to reach that desired temp. And, uh, and I, I struggle with it all the time. I like it in late April and May and then September and October when the daylight, the daytime temperatures and the nighttime temperatures are just what you need to be able to enjoy the day and to get a good night's sleep. I just wish it would always be like that. And they say, well, then go move somewhere. Well, yeah, probably. Go someplace where it's more temperate. I don't yeah. know. I don't, you know. So what's been going on in your world? Anybody? Birthdays or anniversaries well you know it's funny because when you think about all these people and things and there probably are and I'm missing people but um, (laughs) you know I I don't know Um, 
I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head right now about them. Um, you know, I, I told you I wish everyone on Facebook so I can think about it when I'm there, but um, no, I, do, yeah, I don't. Yeah, then you forget. Anyone in particular that anyone that I can think of at the moment, maybe by the time we read our next segment, I'll remember somebody. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll That's see. fair. Yes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yes. But um, so are, are, I have to talk about my – Go ahead. Yeah. I want to talk about it. We went uh, last night. We went for dinner at um, uh, a restaurant called Alberto's, and it's in West Scranton. And it is a pizza place. It's a like a '80s style on the inside. Lynn, we were just talking about it, and mm-hmm. um, it, it is. Uh, it was probably. One of the best uh, spaghetti bolognese I have had in a long time. And I say that because most restaurants will not carry, when you're gluten-free, will not carry any kind of, um, one kind of, you're lucky if they have any pasta, yet alone a selection for you uh, of gluten-free pasta. And I don't understand why they do that. I just, to this day, I guess it's, I don't know, laziness, I don't know. Why wouldn't you have a couple kinds instead of, oh, we only have penne? Well, I hate penne, and I know people say, who cares if pasta is pasta? It really isn't. I like spaghetti, so it's, anyway, Randy had told his friend Al, who owns it, that he wanted, um, that if we come down, he wanted, would I please have some spaghetti available, which God love him, he had, and he usually has, penne for people who like that, um, linguine and spaghetti, all gluten-free. And then, of course, he has everything else for everyone who is not gluten-free. But he caters to the gluten-free crowd. He caters to the vegan crowd. Um, he, I know a lot of people love his uh, food and have raved about him through the years. Um, he's trying to... Um, Create again. It, it is a pizza place. This pizza is delicious. Um, he also told me, Solari, I know you had a pizza from me before, and it was the smaller uh, cauliflower crust. But he said now I got the larger ones, and he said, um, you know, so so they'll. I know you, you. We talked about that, and he said, so I want you to know I have it. He's also said to me, I would love if you have any ideas on the gluten free end of things. He sat with us. He talked to us about you know, what he's trying to do. He has 18 different types of spaghetti sauce. Um, He has a a pasta, different kinds of pasta, a a big full menu. The place had a nice crowd in it yesterday. And I just want to say, I think he's really trying to do a great job, but I will tell you the presentation, the quality of the ingredients, the flavors, he, he it just everything. There were four of us. We all had some type of pasta. Um, he does fresh soups. Yesterday, Doug and Randy had um, uh, carrot, cream of carrot, not cream of carrot, but like carrot soup, like um, thick carrot ginger soup. Uh, Meyer had pasta fazool, which he said was great. Meyer had this uh, 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 putin, uh, spaghetti putinesca, and it looked like it was on the front of uh, Bon Appetit. And I maybe I'm <laughs> exaggerating, but it was so beautiful. The display, the the style of the the um, 
the olives, the quality of the, everything. It just looked, it wasn't from the hot pepper flakes that were in my, because I asked him to put a little kick in the meat sauce for me, which he can do. It was the type of flake. I don't know what kind of pepper it was. It, I, I said to Randy today, I, I've never seen that kind of a, a pepper. So I don't know where he gets them. It was incredible. So he gets his mushrooms. He does a lot of with vegan. He was telling us that he uses certain kinds of mushrooms that can create, that look like a crab, um, like a crab cake for those who are vegan. And he said he gets them. There's a guy who has a stand at the farmer's market, which will be opening next week as well, and that he gets all of his stuff there. So it, it's just he's he's owned this place for a little over a year now, and it, he's he's it's we have this is the first time i've gone randy has gone several times and last night i said hey why don't we go there so if you're out and you want a nice delicious meal you're you know sitting in a like i we i because of the way it tasted you can it was just that i completely forgot the fact that i was sitting because it gets a long pizzeria style restaurant but he wants to make some changes to it eventually he will but he's got the food thing down man it was absolutely delicious so i'm just saying if anybody's out there or thinks about it from getting a pizza to stopping in for a nice uh, meal go over to roberto's on good old luzerne street across from cadden brothers beer distributor and <laughs> oh, in you know good, them? in west side <laughs> i know them a little bit and uh, oh, stop yes, in so. and see Alan. I think they're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, and um, they're open uh, Wednesday through Sunday. So, so did um, you say it. Alberto's or Roberto's? No, 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 Roberto's. Okay, Roberto's. All right. Yeah, All right. Al is I the heard. owner. Oh, okay. Al is the owner, Lynn. Got it. Okay. Yep. So. All right. Give it a shot. It was great. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna take a quick take break. A break. So, um, you're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden, and more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. 
I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am a certified financial planner, and I am the managing director of Women of Substance, LLC. That's a a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And here we and are. I, and, and I have something that, that offline, Laurie and I were talking about the fact that this is a topic. And it's one of the things I love about the Ethel. It's a, it's a newsletter produced by AARP, and it's primarily focused on baby boomer women. But this one I thought was really fascinating because what this author talks about is something that most of us who are caregivers think about, but we don't often speak about it. And we don't speak about it because it has significant moral implications that a lot of people find offensive that we would even think to go there. And she talks about that and she says, you know, that this is how she lived her life and choices she made. But then there's her fantasy world, which is something very different than the reality of what she lived with. So I'm sure there are women out there who are listening to us who have been through this experience. And all this really does, I think, is validates the fact that we are not made of concrete, that we have certain expectations and certain desires as as women that we really would like to see satisfied. And I'm not talking about a sexual experience. I'm talking about, and this is where I see it, when I am with clients and they talk about going on a trip together and they're going to go on a, uh, they're going to go someplace on a river cruise or they're going on a, they're going to Disney with their grandkids or they're doing something like that. I feel this immediate pang, you know, geez, I wish I could do something like that. But I can't because, as all of you probably know, I am a caregiver and my husband isn't capable of going to places like that and doing that. Although if you spoke to him about it, he'd say, oh, yeah, let's go tomorrow. Anyway, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but this woman, Only whose name God is, yeah, it's definitely God love him, you know. Uh, he would no, love he to do that stuff. That. Yes. Yes, yes he but would. He, he, what, the beauty of him, and this is something we need to say, is he does go many places that he can do and, and, and does just fine. It's just those long-term traveling kind of things would be hard for him. However, he is one of the most positive happy, congenial, congenial, complimentary people, which, which it speaks volumes of who he, to whom he, he, to the person he is. But 
he's yes. so it's so good to be around him because he's smart and he's funny and he's all of those things. And God, you know, let's point out that too. I just think that's important to know. Anyway, okay. tell Patrick we're so, speaking fondly of him. I will. So this author, Anne Brenoff, is uh, the one who wrote this. So she said, during the two years that I was my late husband's caregiver, God love her, she only had two years, um, I would be lying if I said the thought of seeking romantic comfort outside my marriage never crossed my mind. I was drowning in a sea of caregiving misery and starved for physical and emotional affection. But, just like former President Jimmy Carter, I never acted upon the lust in my heart. Why didn't I? On a very practical level, I lacked the time and energy to even contemplate carrying out another relationship, let alone finding someone with whom to carry on. I worked (laughs) full-time, had two teenagers at home, and was responsible for keeping all the trains in our lives running on time. My, quote, alone time, unquote, consisted of stopping at red lights. My, my life overwhelmed me. Mm-hmm. More complications were the last thing in the world I needed. This is not to say I was happy or emotionally whole. Long before my husband took his final breath, I had ceased being his wife and partner and had morphed into being his full-time medical case manager and hands-on caregiver. Ditto. I performed necessary medical and caregiving tasks that I was untrained and unprepared for and still to this day cause nightmares. Even when my marriage bore no resemblance to what I had signed up for decades earlier, I felt paralyzed to act. So that's why I never had a physical affair. In my fantasies, that's a different animal. The truth is, as writer Aaron Benzieve explained, In a 2019 Psychology Today article, spousal caregivers have just three choices when it comes to having their own needs met, and all three are miserable. Number one, we can desert our sick spouse by leaving or divorcing them. Number two, we can deny our own needs for romantic and emotional support. Number three, we can have our needs met by someone other than our spouse. While there's no wrong answer here, there isn't actually a right one either. All three paths lead to a painful decision, unless you are someone who sees spousal caregiving as a loving gift and not the burden of duties that I found it to be. I found nothing, nothing rewarding about it whatsoever. I made the best and only choice for myself, which is all that any of us can do. But no, I am certainly not shocked to learn that many marriages do fall apart when one spouse needs caregiving. Spousal caregiving changes everything, including the balance and partnership of a marriage. And for the record, nobody is officially counting how many caregivers walk through door number three, having their needs met by someone other than their spouse. Few who do this are willing to talk about it. The public judgment that pummels them can be intense. You see, you are seen as abandoning your sick and dying spouse in their time of greatest vulnerability and need, one caregiver told me. 
People are blind to the needs of the healthy spouse and don't see them as somebody who needs help. Having your own needs ignored apparently sits just fine with the judgment gods, she added. Somewhat interestingly, spousal caregivers of dementia patients seem to get a pass when it comes to public judgment of extramarital relationships. Um, She said that much has been written about whether it should be even considered adultery to have a relationship outside your marriage if your spouse no longer recognizes you. And there's a thought. Okay, Uh dementia may even make finding new lovers a two-way street. In 2007, retired Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor was reported to be pleased that her husband had begun a romantic relationship with a fellow Alzheimer's patient at the same assisted living facility. Uh Although the evidence is anecdotal, it is not uncommon for the healthy spouses of dementia patients to meet in family support groups and begin relationships together. It's a human Mm -hmm. instinct that when caregivers are discussing very personal and intimate topics, it creates close friendships and a sense of real connection, sometimes quickly. And she has this to say to those who haven't walked in those shoes. People who have outside relationships are not people who are seeking easy outs. These are generally people who have reached the end of their rope and are desperate for companionship. Rebecca Growlich, who previously worked in the daycare, I'm sorry, in the caregiver support field, may have hit in a solution. She and her husband of 35 years, David, developed a compassion contract that they both signed. It stipulates that should she develop dementia and no longer be able to meet his needs, she wants her husband to feel free to find someone else who will. She wants this, as the contract notes, because she loves him. David, a lawyer, signed an identical contract, giving Rebecca his permission to seek comfort in another's company should he develop dementia and no longer be able to meet her physical and emotional needs. She describes the contract as a love insurance policy that you create when you're healthy. From her experience, adult children and longtime friends are often the first to pass judgment. But the person with dementia is not the same person you married and agreed to spend your life with. So far, both remain healthy and have not invoked their contract. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. I guess that contract would have to be um, something <laughs> disclosed to the public <laughs> because if well, they yeah. contracted and, and, and they only care about them, each other, what does it say to people who don't know they have a contract? Like they're going to feel the same as the other people. You know what I'm saying? How does, like yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if your brothers and sisters are going to judge you for, for getting, re, finding comfort in the arms of some other woman or man, if you're the woman or man who's got dementia and you've agreed to and, con, and, and it became contractual um, between the two of you that you knew it was okay within the marriage to do that. But what if you didn't, like, you're worried about why do you need to do that if you weren't worried about what other people think? Know what I'm saying? So, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so is, now are you going to tell everyone, hey, look, it, if my husband ever gets sick, I'll pick you up down the road because we're, you know, if my husband's getting, if my husband is diagnosed with dementia in any form, I'll see you at the next stop. You know, I, you know, no, I don't know. I think no. you have, I think, no, I think the point of this is, as she said, the people that are most disturbed by it are the people who are family and friends, close friends. So yeah, I think that the, the spouse who is not affected by dementia needs to tell the others that this is a contract. Well, right, that's time. what I'm saying. Your contract's open then because yeah. it's open, yeah, because you have to make that clear that, hey, we discussed this and this is what we're doing, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is true and there's a lot, I'm sure that's, but there's a lot that goes into caretaking, period, and, um you know, it's it's hard. It is that they aren't the people you, you met. But then again, as people age and relationships change and dementia, dementia or no dementia, the people you marry aren't necessarily. You don't do the same things or have the, everything changes. So it does. You know, that's just it what does. it is. But but it's but she's right. That and the judgment, the judgment. So, but I think yes. the first one people would judge far more than anyone else is to say, "You're sick. See ya." Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's not really an option that I think has any morality no. to it. But but people do but, it. Just as she said, yes, she's they right. They do. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. And well, so fine. That's fine. I mean, that's their choice. They're the ones that have that's to answer right. for it. And that's the, again, that's it, it. it's for, for us to judge them is wrong because yep. we're not, that isn't right, shoes. especially with that. It's not, I mean, we judge people all the time for just plain old infidelity. Everybody does, which that isn't mm-hmm. fair either, but we all do. But this case is totally different. Yep. So, yeah. Well, for all of you who caretake, for all of you who are listening who deal with with this uh, situation and you have loved ones, um, hats off to you all because it is a it is a, a, a the responsibility. It's tr- tremendous work and 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 stress and grief and and happiness. All everything all wrapped up in one. But um, you know the fact in this lady admitting it, saying mm-hmm. I never found one ounce of pleasure or comfort or whatever the word she used in doing it reward she never felt like that's pretty that was pretty bold to say yeah but it's the truth i mean no right she was right she was telling the truth i mean that's yeah Yeah. wow oh here we are (laughs) and on that note yeah we're going to take a quick break. break And our Go lovely ahead. Leah Genicopoulos will be joining us, and uh, she'll talk about some real estate stuff. So we will be right back. Please stay tuned. You're listening to The Larry and Lynn Show. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. 
I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com, and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to the Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity, my checking account, uh, my payroll taxes. They take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity. Don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the uh, certified financial planner and managing director of Women of Substance, LLC. It's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm Laurie Catton, the owner of Laurie Catton Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And with us today as our guest expert is Ms. Leah Jenikopoulos, who is a agent with ERA One Source Realty. And ERA has almost 100 agents, lots of offices in 10 counties. They're all over the place. And Leah's here again <laughs> to talk about everything real estate. Leah, hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? We're good. Good. Not complaining on this hot day, but I, you know what? If the rain stays away, that'll be a great thing. Yes, I think we've had enough. <laughs> right? Crazy. Yes. And so is the real estate market. That's, I guess, the definition for it. Crazy. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. That's, you know, I keep saying that, but everyone keeps asking, is it slowing down? Is it this? Is it that? And it, it's, you know, to our defense and everything else, it's not. It's crazy because, like I always say, we're this weird little bubble over here in northeastern Pennsylvania <laughs> who just, our rules just doesn't apply. But not even that. I honestly think it's, you know, the amount of people that are able to work from home and, you know, it really is expanding the horizons that we're able to offer with our cost of living here. So I think the remote work has definitely expanded, even though there is a lot of people that have gone back to having to go partially back to the office that has, Mm -hmm. you know, positioned some people from the office to remote work. 
and, um, you know, on a 50-50 scale. But still, I mean, being able to live here and only have to go into your office two, maybe three times a week at the cost of living in northeastern Pennsylvania versus living in a suburb of Connecticut or New Jersey, it's a lot more affordable. But on the other side, we're also very, 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 very low on inventory. This is actually one of the lowest we've seen our inventory in a long time. Um, actually, wow. it's been when we were during the pandemic. Jeez. Okay. So if you have a house to sell, call right. Leah. Right. <laughs> Please call me now. I mean, I put a house yeah. a cute little one. It was three bedrooms, one bath, a nice little garage with a like man cave over it and a bathroom and it's adorable and um i have 27 showings on it already oh yeah yeah where is it leah where is it right in clark summit oh nice so and and the bidding wars are still a real thing and everything is still happening it's it's but you know what it's good i'm glad to see it and you know what it also makes me happy is that it's a lot of people are still moving into our area because you know we're Mm -hmm. still seeing a lot of people and that means a lot of people are also staying because we're seeing a lot of people that you know this house was someone i sold to them four years ago and they got engaged they got married and now they're having their baby and now they're expanding into a bigger house so it's nice to see a lot of these younger people still staying around here and i I really do Mm -hmm. think that helps too. Leah, I have a question for you about, about what you said with the listing that you, you put it somewhere and you got 27 show, um, showings or whatever the word is. But I often think when I'm on Facebook or LinkedIn or any one of the social media sites and I see a realtor post pictures about a house that you you can tell it's a it's a very desirable house. I just wonder why you go through the effort to do that when you have so many so little inventory and so many people that want the house. Is it worth it to take the time to go through having a photographer come in or videographer go in with you and look at every room and and put it all together? It's it's time consuming. It, is there any value to you as a realtor in this market to do that? It is, oh, 1,000%, because no matter what, you know what, you want to make sure you're servicing your client the right way. So that's my quick and complete answer, because the more that you can do for them, too, the better. And I also think that's enticing the more showings, the better the pictures, the better the marketing. That's, in, that's causing an increase of people wanting to come see that house. You know, and I also mm-hmm. think you're doing your client justice, too. Oh, and that's the perfect answer, Leah, because when that's I was going to say, the bottom line is any and all advertising that you can put someone's listing on, they want that. When you go to list, they want you to do everything you possibly can to publicize the fact that their house is on the market. And so any additional, regardless if it's a hot seller or not, they, and plus Leah needs to show them in, you know, here's what I've done, this, 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 and this, you've seen this, you've seen, it, it's, it's, it's necessary because you have to please, please the, the client. Absolutely, Leah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think that it's, 
you know, you have to do that in order to, and, and you know, this is the thing too, as much as you think it's probably going to go fast by looking at the house, you also have to make sure that you are, you don't know what could happen. You know what I mean? So I would always say taking that extra chance of making sure that that house was marketed and advertised the right way. There's no harm in it because you know what? I said this to somebody um, at the other day. They're like, oh, do you really have to do, do you do pictures on houses? Like they gave me like a price range of 175000 And I said, yes, of course. I said, because there's nothing more that's more irking to me is to see a house that's not, that's not done the right way. Because I just feel like you're not giving that house the full potential of what it could really look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. I often wondered when I looked at that stuff and I'd say, why did you go through the effort? Because it's probably going to sell in 48 hours. And then, and then what do you do with all the other people that are interested? Well, then obviously, you, if you have the inventory, you can divert them to some other um, opportunities. Well, right. and Lynn, they have to take all those pictures anyway because they have right. to put them on the MLS. So it's not like you're oh, just taking okay. it for social media. The MLS has to ha- have it as well. So I didn't so know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot Am of sense. Am I right, Leah? That's still the tr- yeah. truth. Yep. Still- yep. Okay. That's so, exactly- um, Leah, with um, I mean, am I interrupting? Did you were you going to talk about something else? And I'm taking up this time because I have a question no. for you. <laughs> okay. So. Um, as far as agents and people and uh, um, the desire to work in this business, how how is that going? You know, when things are hot, people always want to jump in. When things slow down or or it's perceived to slow down, people jump back out and they're like, eh, it wasn't for me, blah, blah, blah. Well, they really just didn't give it enough time. But um, how's that going with new people or is it kind of at a standstill now? It's kind of at a standstill. And if you ask me, you know, and a few other, I guess you could say veteran agents, I just think, you know, you got to get into this for the right reasons. It's, it's not, it is, it's fun. Absolutely. But you also have to do it for the right reasons. You're dealing with people's financials. You're dealing with the biggest decisions of some people's lives. So I always say do it for the, the, the real reasons, you know, and make sure that, the trainings there, make sure you're learning, make sure you ask questions, make sure you're not just doing this for a paycheck because I truly do respect the career and profession that I'm in and I, tr- I, I do love it. Obviously, my work, my numbers, everything shows how much I love it. But also, you know, I just, I want people to do it for the right reasons. And I, I know I've had this conversation with a lot of other senior agents and veteran agents and they've all said the same thing, you know, like we've been doing this a long time and there's a lot of respect in this industry. And I think that's the thing too, that's key. You know, everyone needs to get along and get to the closing table and we're starting to see some people just, you know, it's, it's starting to phase out a little bit. Definitely. We can say that, that, it's at a standstill. I mean, it is It is definitely a difficult market right now, not in the terms of sales, but I mean the inventory side, you know. You're, you're trying to get a house. There's multiple bids on it. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's not what you see on TV. This isn't selling Sunset and this is not buying Beverly Hills. <laughs> with uh-huh. the yeah. Well, I think that's part of it. People watch these shows and different things and they think that that's 
how it goes or that's what happens, or the reverse is true. I don't know about you, Leah, but when I watch any of these things and they and, and this goes down, and I know it's all just pr- pr- promotion and production and stuff, but, like, I think, how did that happen? Or that isn't what you do or what – and I know every state is different, but fundamentals aren't. And I think I, I find myself yelling at the TV, like, that's, that's – <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> do you do that at all, or is that just me? It's what, yell at the TV, knowing that it's when, what they're saying and doing is not at all what we do? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if they, if, I mean, I wish that was the case. I mean, I mean, I'll definitely take their wardrobe and their like outings of lunch. Yeah. I, there are some days I don't even eat lunch. So the fact that they get to have all these awesome lunch outings and brunches every day, I don't even know. What I know. Showing. You know, and they, but I guess that's the thing when you're getting like a $42,000 commission every time you sell a house out there. But yeah, exactly. no, I know that's not how it goes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, see, it's, it's frustrating because that's what sells and people then think that's somewhat reality and it, 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 it isn't. But um, it is still, so, so then in general, our market would be considered what? What do you mean? Our market would be considered hot. Our market would be considered hot, medium, cold. Where are we? Oh, it's definitely a hot market still for sellers, and definitely like I don't know how to describe it for a buyer. I don't want to say it's cold because it's not cold. It's still hot, but it's just you got to get with the right agent, and you got to make sure that you are getting to that you're you're getting in what you need to get in, and you're you're, you're given the right direction. So one more thing, speaking of the Internet, are people more and more and more telling, giving you what, which places they would like to see based on their own discovery, or do you find that there are still people who say, here's what I'm looking for, what do you have for me? Because whether people, go, you know, um, younger people probably do, but in general, how does that work? mean reaching out to how to find a realtor? No, like say you get a call from someone who's buying. Do they come, are buyers more educated in the sense because of the Internet that they can explore themselves and say, hey, I know this, this one, this one, these are the ones I want to see, or do some of them, or or is it still a mix of people saying, I want this many bedrooms in this location, this is it, and what's out there for me? Like kind of go in like, I don't know, I haven't looked. It's a mix. It's definitely a mix because you're seeing people okay. that know what they really want or what areas they want or whatever. Or you get, I get calls all the time that I have nowhere, no clue where to start. What do I do? Yeah, see? Okay. <laughs> which, which, which people are easier to deal with? Both of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, diplomat. It, it, it's definitely. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Well, I didn't really mean one's worse than the other. I just meant, is it easier to convince somebody that what they think they want isn't what they brought here, or is it easy to convince them? Is it easier to convince them once you show them it and say, here's why this one's better than the one you, you saw? That's all I meant. Uh, yes and no, because they want to see, you know, it's it's different. It really is. It, it all depends on what I guess it's individual, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. more it's, Part. It depends on what everyone's looking for. Okay. Well, we are um, going to take a quick goodbye here and say goodbye, I should say, Lynn. I'm all messed mm-hmm. up, going to take a break, but we're not. This is the end of our show today. So, Leah, 
thank you for um, being here today. And tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, please. You can reach me on my direct cell phone, which is 570-947-9250. You can reach anybody at 570-587-9999. That caters to all offices. And we also are on all forms of social media, ERA1 or ERA1 Source Realty. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And you can also reach out with any one of our agents at any of our offices and our website, ERA1.com, which is new. So check it out. Great. All right, Leah, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. And we'll, talk, we'll see you next month. And everyone else, have a great weekend. Enjoy the nice weather. Be safe. Bye. And please be nice. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.